Hello and welcome to Really Well Women with me, clinical somatic educator Heidi Hadley and naturopathic doctor Sarah Wilson. Really Well Women is here to educate, empower and enhance the health and well-being of women who have many demands and yet they want to take care of themselves from the inside out. Enjoy our podcast as we delve into all areas of health and well-being. So are you ready to find out more? Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we're going to be continuing our Foundations of Health series with one of my favorite topics, and one of Heidi's favorite topics as well, which is stress. And the reason that it's one of my favorite topics is because, as you may have just done, so many of my patients absolutely roll their eyes at me when I start talking about it, but it is really foundational. And stress is so much more than the mental emotional stress that we're going to be talking about today. It's also different sources of stress, which are inflammation and blood sugar imbalances. There's issues with dehydration and infection and gut issues and nutrient deficiencies. So, so many things go into this topic outside of just your mental emotional health, which is critical to everything. But we really want to loop in today and help you understand how it can physically show up in your body, but also actually what's happening because we hear stress, 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 stress. But it's so hard to distinguish, okay, what's, what is this symptom related to? And are all these things connected? And so often cortisol, which is a stress hormone or norepinephrine and epinephrine, which are other types of stress hormones, they're intertwined with our physiology. And so let's dive in and learn a little bit about what this whole stress thing is anyways. Yeah. And that's it, Sarah, isn't it? Because it is an overused word stress. And I just think this would be a really good sort of myth buster really to get to it, you know, for that reason. So I'm going to just try and keep it basic so that we can really then start to develop and get that layered learning approach really with this. Um, So first of all, you know, um, stress is actually a natural thing that should be happening within our body. So we've all been in situations before an exam, for instance, or maybe a presentation, all those sorts of things. And that stress response is a really good way to help us stay focused and alert for that situation. But the thing is, it's only supposed to be there for a short-term measure. So it's when it stays constant, constantly high and our stress response stays high, that's when it becomes really unhealthy. Um, because what we talk about, you know, we've all used the expression, or you may have heard of it, and um, the listeners, an expression called homeostasis, which is a state of balance. So our body is constantly trying to return to a state of balance or homeostasis. But when we go into a stress response, we lose that homeostasis. And that's when things go to pop, to be honest. You know, all starts going off in all sorts of directions. And one problem snowballs into another, and it just gets bigger and bigger. Um, And so what I want to do, first of all, is just break down that stress response and what's actually happening. So when I talk to clients, um, I I mentioned to them about the caveman and the saber-toothed tiger. And so if you're listening to this, you might want to stand up and imagine that you're a caveman and there's a big saber-toothed tiger coming towards you. But these are stress responses that should naturally be happening. But then, they, as I said, they should return back to a state of balance. So imagine you're walking around this saber, you know, you're walking around as a caveman. And then all of a sudden this saber-toothed tiger comes running towards you. Now, your stress response has got different ways that it will react. And some people will react by tucking their tailbone up and under. Their ribs will depress down so that their shoulders roll forward. Their head will also drop to look towards the ground. But because they want to look to the horizon to see that danger, they tuck or they jut their chin up and forward. 
So if you think about this, if you can picture it, your tailbone's tucked up and under, your ribs are depressed, shoulders are rolled forward, and you've got your chin jutting towards the uh, horizon. So that is one stress response. So it's that really curved fetal response. And that's that fear response. But then other people, when they're in a stress response, say again with that saber-toothed tigers running towards you, their bottom will stick out, so they get quite an arch in their back. Their shoulders will become very set and straight and rigid. Their chin and head will draw in, and then they start to load more pressure through the back of the body with a, with a view to then lunging forward to either run or fight that saber-toothed tiger. So what happens is those stress responses create a postural change in people. And what happens is, is that postural change should, again, be a short moment in time, either dealing with a saber-toothed tiger or it could be dealing with an obnoxious boss or, or whatever it is. But then it should return to a state of balance or normality or, or um, homeostasis. But the problem is it doesn't. And that's where, again, we start to see changes. And now, we see changes like not only physically, but this is also where we're going to see changes in hormones and changes in digestion and all of these other areas, because you're exactly right. We should, this is what I tell my patients all the time. I use the running from a bear example, but if you're running from a bear, you should run and then stop and recover. But in today's day and age, we are running to like running to get to the car. We're behind, we're late, then we're stuck in traffic, then we're behind and we know someone's going to be mad at us. So then we're telling us a story about that. We know we're going to be late. Then we're running to pick up our kids, running to get groceries, eat on the run, which has so many impacts, right? So it's, it's not like it's never slowing down and it's all different sources of stress. This isn't just someone yelling at you, right? Or you getting in a fight with your partner. This is also just about the day-to-day hustle and bustle that we're all in. Absolutely, because that baseline starts, doesn't it? Sometimes we can have a a traumatic or a stressful event. We don't always. We can just have ongoing stress or being under pressure, you know, under the pump, they say over here in Australia, but being (laughs) under the pressure. And then what happens is, is that baseline just changes. So what we thought was normal for us then another bit of stress comes in and that it it basically is turning up the dial of stress. So I often say to clients, by the time you get to your late thirties, early forties, you're just not as resilient as you used to be. And that's because you've had a couple of, well, almost four decades of that stress and you've got history and all sorts of things that start to just build up into your subconscious to layer on a trauma or a stress response you had before. 100%. And it's even like, this is something that I know I experienced when I was going through medical school. I also worked a full-time job and tried to stay active and do all of the things. And I was going through an exam period and I've had mono, so Epstein-Barr virus, and that's a virus that can reactivate when your immune system's suppressed. So my immune system was suppressed because of all the cortisol and all the stress I was going through. And boom, my mono came back. And that also happened when I was writing my book, which I shouldn't tell anyone, but that's the thing. Um, It was much more mild, but it happens, right? So it's also not even just time, but it's also your previous exposures and things that have happened that are going to make you more vulnerable to the effects of stress. And there's genes um, that are also really involved. Like there's a gene called COMT that prevents you from breaking down those neurotransmitters. So someone who has that may feel the effects of that in their 20s. It may not even take 30s or 40s, which is really the scary thing in today's day and age is we have a, an environment that does not facilitate health, combining with all of these epigenetic changes and inflammation and everything that's happening. Exactly. And I think that's the thing. Things that are accelerating 
at a faster rate than ever before because of all those different factors. Um, I was thinking, Sarah, you know, there's the three really well-known stress responses, which I'll just mention, but I wondered if we could discuss how they can also tie up within. Because again, you know, we talked about, everyone talks about stress and that sort of thing, but there's so much physiologically going on, subconsciously, all this is going on. And I just thought if we could break down those three different stress responses, and they probably all start to weave into each other anyway, but just looking to see how they're going to start to affect us within our guts, within inflammation, hormones, the whole lot, basically. Because, you know, we talked about that survival stress response, you know, the, with the saber-toothed tiger or the bear, whatever you want to mention. But we've got, the, people may have heard of this, we've got the fight, flight or freeze responses. So first of all, that fight is um, you, basically a person wants to hold their ground and face the enemy. So that's where we saw the bottom sticking out, you know, the sway back. We'd also kind of say that's like a type A personality. When they're stressed, they're working through their stress. They're keeping their mind really busy so they don't have to deal with the important or the stressful events. You know, you meet those ones, keep pushing and repressing those feelings and those memories down. And then after the fight, you've got the, the flee or the, or the, you know, to move away. And that's when we get that increase in blood flow to our legs. We get that increase of oxygen into our blood, you know, so that's again, that to run and escape and get away as quickly as possible. But then the other big one, and that's why they all do blend in with each other at times is the freeze and that's where people want to make themselves as small as possible their heart rate slows down their energy drops and everything within slows down and in the animal kingdom when you see that that's feigning death you know when you get like a uh, you see it on one of these documentaries and the animal is lying amongst other dead animals or or injured animals and they make their heart rate and their breathing so slow to feign death so that like that tiger might go by and think oh they're all dead won't bother um you know that's that's that feigning of death and the the fact is that there are people walking around in a stress response exhibiting those feelings which what's going on really sarah when that happens because that's not healthy and we want to encourage the listener to see if they can identify what state they're in and what we can do proactive measures to get out of that a hundred percent and i always tell my patients that if you're running from a bear your priority is not going to be digesting right it's not going to be thinking super clearly it's not going to be urination and all of these things and so if you think blood flow is leaving your arm or leaving your internal system your core and going to your legs and going to your arms you cannot expect your digestive system to work appropriately yeah, right true. it's just it's not going to happen which everyone has experienced this and if you're sitting here being like hmm has this happened if you just eat a really big meal and then you see an accident in traffic and then all of a sudden your stomach just sits really heavy or you go to a meeting and it just has a really bad vibe and you, you that food in your stomach just sits so heavy and you're like, oh my God, did I just eat the hugest thing? I feel awful. And so that's again, because your body is going into that like get out of here mode and it's pulling the resources away from the digestive system, which if you're doing that on a day-to-day basis, you're not going to absorb, you're not going to digest properly. You're probably going to have, everyone loves this, but work with me people. You're probably going to have undigested food in your stool. 
because you're not making the stomach acid you need, right? And so you're not breaking down that food. You're not using that food. You're probably going to have bloating and gas. It's probably going to be worse towards the end of the day because all of that food is accumulating with time. It's going to depend on the person, whether you get constipated, right? Exactly like that. Things aren't moving. They're kind of almost paralyzed. Or if you get loose stool or diarrhea because your body's literally trying to evacuate everything. So you're the lightest possible so that you can run away, which is so gross to think about. But that's also why I bought myself an inflatable poo emoji for our outside (laughs) Christmas display uh, because poop is so critical to our day-to-day function. Um, We can also see yeast infections. Research studies have shown that women with elevated cortisol levels have yeast infections. They can have all kinds of other digestive issues um, and it shrinks certain areas of your brain, which is so crazy. And, and, this is the thing is that um, after the break, what I'd like to actually um, ask and start to discuss is that whole stress response and how sometimes we can use food as almost like a comfort. But then in actual fact, when we talk about inflammation and yeast and all those sorts of things, how actually it's not helpful and what can we do in a proactive measure to make those changes. So we'll, see, we'll have a quick chat about this afterwards. Do you feel that tight muscles are affecting your movement and posture? Do you feel that you have recurring pain or injuries? Would you like to know how to reduce pain, improve your posture, increase your mobility and develop mindfulness? Allow me to teach you the Total Somatics approach to health and wellness within my online program. In the comfort of your own home and at a time that suits you, we can start creating healthy changes. To learn more, go to totalsomatics.com. Okay, Sarah, so just before the break, we talked about the yeast infections, the gut inflammation, all those sorts of things, and how one of the common things with stress is that what do we want to do when we're stressed? Go for food or go for drinks that are actually going to provide really a short-term comfort. And I know in podcasts we've done like on Total Somatics Online Program, we've talked, and I wanted to bring this back in again, how people can start living on uppers and downers. And that could be as in coffees and alcohol in order to, to relax. So can you elaborate a bit more on that? Because that's really important in order to keep, to, to actually get back control and look after our body and reduce that stress response. What could we do there? Yeah. And I think it's so important that we also justify this feeling for people because research has shown over and over and over again that the comfort foods, so high fat, high sugar foods, actually do calm the stress response. They actually lower cortisol. So from that side of things, it is a physiological response that's happening, but we don't want to resort to ice cream and fried foods to get that response because then you're going to get more inflammation and gut issues and nutrient deficiencies and blood sugar imbalances. And then the stress gets worse and it snowballs, right? Mm -hmm. So there are so many natural things that we can do to give you that same response. Um, As much as this not may, may not work for everyone. Dark chocolate does that. Yay. Um, And there's also so many herbs and nutrients like that one gene I was telling you about that causes your stress hormones to break down slower. It's really highly affected by magnesium and B6. So if you are the type of person who needs to kind of calm in the evening, yes, you need to work on that your nighttime routine and you need to work on disconnecting from your phone and you need to work on slowing that down and even like slow movements, taking a bath, all of those things are important, but so too can be taking magnesium 
as a drink, mm-hmm. right? Taking an Epsom salts bath. Um, there's also a lot of herbs that like my favorites, I'll just kind of list them, but these are things that you guys can look up and, and see for yourself and work with your doctor to see if it works. But a lot of my favorite herbs for the morning are things like Alufercoccus and Ashwagandha because they do help to provide a really level and stable energy because they're called adaptogens, right? So they teach your body to help cope with the stress response. So they're really great short term before we can get all the lifestyle measurements that you're going to talk about in place. Um, in the evening, I also love herbs like passion flower. It's so calming and Zisiphus. They're really, really calming for that anxiety response because I don't know about you, but my patients, I hear all the time that they're just so wired and they're so caught up in the snowball of life that they feel like they don't, they can't actually do the things that they need to do to get out of that perceived stress and to get out of that subconscious stress. And so sometimes we use herbs and we change dietary things to kind of snap people back into being so that they can make choices about their health again. Yeah. And, and also just uh, thinking of that um, alongside that, because you mentioned, and obviously with me teaching somatics and I do other natural therapists as well, is that um, one of the key roles as a clinical somatic educator is to try and get clients to, re- to basically become reacquainted with their soma, which is what we'd say in somatics, which is their entire mind, body, emotional, physical, spiritual health, everything basically, because we're all just one big, huge sensory organism that we absorb everything and it molds and shapes who we are. And so when we're in a stress traumatic phase, we just, as you mentioned, we live subconsciously. So we don't even notice all those things that are happening within. So that's why it's so key with all those supplements as well, is that if, if somebody can just get on the floor for 10, 15, 20 minutes, at some part in their day, maybe in the evening, if that's the best time, the quietest time. And to do what we talk, talk about is a soma scan, which is like a body scan, which you know, might, the layperson may say, um, and just start to notice what's the central nervous system actually saying to the muscles? Where's the tension? What's, the, what's your breathing feeling like? You know, how does your gut feel? That's when we start to become reacquainted. Instead of living in the stress response, it becomes a mindful practice where we start to notice what's actually going on and then from there that's why like i bring in those audios with my online program because what we want to do is start to encourage people to to do movement to start to release that stress response so that you know at the beginning when i mentioned those stress responses the saber-toothed tiger situation that we're not trapped in those tense tight muscle um, structures Um, and we can breathe deeply and we can get the ribs to move more freely and then think of the space that we've got within the abdomen for the for the um the gut and as you know you know as soon as we're coming out of that stress response everything starts to work happy because we're returning to a state of balance or a homeostasis so it's 100 percent and it's also something that I, oh, sorry, we're tripping over each other here, sorry. but it's also something that I, I tell patients as well. It's like those positions and those postures can dictate your stress response. Like oh, we yeah. know the super, super woman pose, right? So when you mm-hmm. push your chest forward, put your hands on your hips, that increases testosterone in women, right? So like research has shown that power pose, isn't it? Exactly, That's right? right? Yeah. So think of, okay, if you can increase your testosterone and lower your cortisol by standing up and feeling really strong, imagine the impacts of being in that stuck kind of fetal position all day long. It does have physiological impacts. And that's like, as much as sometimes we want to poo-poo these things, I'm sorry, y'all, you cannot get away from the research. (laughs) And so with that, like these things are so real and have such a huge impact. So taking that five, 10, 20 minutes and just checking in with your body and seeing what position you're in can be really enlightening even and just being opening your eyes to what physically is happening. 
It's right. And, and that's the thing is, it's what's lovely, Sarah, is that when you've seen someone, say, do their somatic movements and they've been doing their somatic breathing, when they sit up in their own time and they come to standing, it looks like they've had a facial and their eyes are so sparkly because, you know, they've actually let go. Yeah. The first time in the day, they've actually allowed their central nervous system to go, ah, oh, and relax, you know, because it's just been on the go all the time. And, and I just look at them and go, your central nervous system did that. You did that. You know, it's basically allowing your amazing body and your amazing brain to, to recalibrate, recenter. That's basically what we need to do. And again, I say to clients all the time, how often do you do virus checks on your PC? How often do you do software updates on your phone? How often do you do software updates on your own supercomputer that's sitting in your head that translates yeah. everything to your body? Probably not that often. And, and that's the thing is that if we can, we can replace all the other stuff, but our amazing mind and body, we get one of, and we want to make sure we use it wisely. Um, and, and, and that's why, you know, you mentioned about the power pose. I look forward to when we talk about movement um, very, very soon, because I'd like us to kind of explore that even more because it's so powerful, the, the whole emotional link with movement. Um, it's fantastic. And I just want to say too, for anyone who's thinking, this isn't for me, I can't do this, I have too much on the go, I can't get it all done as is. I just, I really want to encourage you that I used to think like that, again, like pushing, 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 go, 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 do, 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 working all the time, I've got to get more accomplished. And you probably have heard this before, but you'll hear it again here because it's so true. It's like that five minutes that you took will give you back hours of time. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's such a huge gift to yourself. And if you've never done somatics or you've never done body scans, then sometimes you can just equate this to a really good spa day, right? You yeah. go, you get a massage, you get the oxytocin from someone touching your body mm -hmm. and you relax and you turn your mind off and maybe have a little snooze on the table. And then you go do the therapeutic waters, which is my favorite thing in the world. And then you come out and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like a different woman. I feel younger. I feel more vital. And you can have that feeling on a day-to-day -day basis and you will hit stress, but we're hoping to give you those tools so that you can come back to that place that you want to be in. And whether that is using postures and positions, if you're in that place, whether that's using herbals and nutrients and dietary changes, this is where we are kind of the yin and yang. We bring those two elements together because there's some situations in which I need to use movement and posture, like going for a walk, lowers cortisol, getting in a forest, lowers cortisol. I'll do those things for five minutes on a break when I know I've been stressed, when I don't have access to any of these other like nutrients and herbs, which I always do because I carry them in my purse. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, but it's, it's so nice to be able to use both of these things. Yeah. And I'm sure you don't mind me saying this, Sarah, because obviously for the listener as well, is that um, I think we're both coming from a place where we've been through a lot of stress over the years and we've had to learn to change. And I know mm -hmm. with me doing all my clinical studies and things like that with somatics, that I've had to do my own headspace stuff. So I had to see a clinical psychologist and do things because if I don't get my own head in the right place, it translates clinically into what you're doing with your clients and you project that onto your clients. So what we're saying is basically that we've been there. We continue to work on ourselves. And really, um, when you were just talking, I could resonate with that because uh, any of my clients that knew me in the very early days would know that basically I lived on fear. The fear that I was like, I've got to see everybody. I've got to fit them in. And seriously, 14-hour days 
was not um, not a big thing at all for me. I would fit people in out of sheer fear, thinking I've got to see them, I've got to see them. And then you think, I can't live like this. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you have to make those changes because when you understand what's going on deep down subconsciously and all the physiological responses, you have to make that shift because at some point, if you don't, your body will make that change for you with the alarm bells by bringing in some sort of chronic illness. Mm -hmm. So that's why when we're talking like this, we're not talking as if we don't know what we're talking about. We actually have got a lot of, um, of our own personal stuff that we just want to help support other people. Because as I mentioned in previous podcasts, we're all in this together. So it's there to support each other, bounce off each other. And if anyone's got questions at any time, feel free to let us know. Yeah, 100%. We're here for you. I have two therapists and a life coach. And if I can in, instill any of that <laughs> guidance and information into someone else who's not quite ready to go there yet, that is what this is for. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. So have we got some takeaway points from here, Sarah? Should we mention those briefly? Or how do you feel? Yeah, no, I think my okay? takeaways. Yeah, and my takeaways are that stress is not just mental, emotional, that has a huge impact on the body. But I always tell people stress is like a bucket. So if you have mental, emotional stress, but you also have inflammation and blood sugar imbalances and dehydration and all of the other things I already mentioned, then your bucket's going to overflow much quicker than someone else's. So it's about working on everything at once and working on what you're ready for. So if today you feel like working on the mental, emotional side is too much, then lie on the floor check in with yourself and drink some water, right? Like those mm -hmm. two things, yeah. which seems so little can make such a huge impact. So that's one of them for sure. Um, I'm going to say that's two. <laughs> because <laughs> we, I gave you a solution and I told you other things. Um, so I would say working on those and then just looking at physical symptoms like digestion, like your memory, like that feeling of being revved up and just check in and see when they're happening and reflect on, okay, is there something particular that's always triggering my stress response and seeing what you could do to calm that? I think that's another big one. Yeah, that's great. And, and the kind of mind kind of blending, which they're going to do anyway, aren't they really in a sense? And I, I'd kind of say to people, when you're feeling anxious and stressed, just identify that you're in that stress response, that fight, flee, freeze, and then check in with your posture. Maybe do a scan. It could be a standing scan. It could be sitting, it could be on the floor. All that material, by the way, is provided if you go to totalsomatics.com. And we've got lots of things we can add into the notes, can't we, with that? So that, to bring in that postural awareness. But if we're able to identify what stress response we're in, then we can recalibrate our central nervous system with that deep somatic breath. And also, if we've stopped and we've questioned ourselves and started to bring in a mindful awareness and paying attention to what stress response we're in, immediately we're bringing in the prefrontal cortex, which is the focus, awareness, concentration, decision making, which means when we bring that in, it has to slow down the stress response. So already bringing that action in slows the, res the response down. And then exactly what you said, the deep somatic breathing. So I'll often say to people, inhale slowly for five seconds, hold for a few seconds, then exhale slowly for seven seconds approximately and do that about 20 times because by the time you've done it about five, you forgot how many you've done. But the focus then is just to keep that really nice slow rhythm and it deliberately dials down the stress response. Yeah, I tell that's what if any of my patients are listening, that's what I call box breathing. So okay. I tell people to like trace a box in their mind. So five or like oftentimes I do four, 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 but four, four, five. Um, and you just kind of keep going around the box. So, yeah. And that's the thing. If people are going, Oh, how many seconds is it? I just say to them, what do you do when you breathe? You breathe in 
and you breathe out. As long as you can breathe in deeply and slowly and exhale slowly, you're onto a winner because you're doing the right thing anyway. I always tell them if it feels too slow, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But the thing is, it's just slow it right down. Just keep thinking deep down. Everything's churning away. That little hamster's run away like crazy in that wheel, but we've got to slow it right down. So, so then it's a reflection on how we feel when we look at the world, we're not in that stress response, but we can actually absorb everything around us from the aromas in the air to watching the wind blowing through the trees to watching all the birds. That's when we actually realize we're cherishing and really enjoying the moment. And that's when we slow our stress response down. It's easier said than done at times, but we're all still working on it. Aren't we? We're that's all works it. in progress. And honestly, Absolutely. any movement in the right direction is good movement. Absolutely. And that's what we're going to be discussing next. That was perfect, wasn't it? That was very good. <laughs> so, um, so we'll have a look at that next then. So we'll be looking at movement and it ties in beautifully with what we've talked about with stress anyway. So um, I look forward to discuss- discussing that. Wonderful. Until next time, be well. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more, go to reallywellwomen.com and connect with us. Also, spread the word so we can increase the feeling of really well women all around the world. So until next time, take care.